I think the humanoid template is pretty, pro, you know, prevalent yeah. throughout our universe. You know, it's the, the most, probably the most, I mean, not that to say that there's non-humanoid beings, obviously there are, there's quite a few of them, but, right. uh, but that's like the most prominent template. So uh, the, at least the, on this particular ship, the majority of them more or less looked humanoid. Uh, yeah. But you can tell that's, they were not from Earth. You know, you can tell that. Uh, right. And there was different species and races. And, you know, so uh, so I had interactions with some of them. And then uh, uh, they had like this really cool light shaft that would take you from one space to another. It was like a beam of light. Um, uh, and I called it the light escalator because it was like kind of rainbow color. And it was That's so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and beings were just being transported against um, up through through these shafts. And I was like, damn, I want to go on one of those. You know, I want to see what that's <laughs> like, you know. So I kept stepping on one and it kept throwing me off. I couldn't get uh, on it. And I was pissed off. I was like, what? I can't get on this it. Is, this is not working. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a Pleiadian being that caught me, I think, the third or fourth time I tried it. And he telepathically told me that you need to set an intention of where you want to go, then mm. step on it. Wow. Otherwise, it's not going to know where you want to go, which, I mean, it's actually a universal law. You always want right. to set intention first, you know, so. Wow. There's so much to be understood about reality just in that single moment. Welcome to Far Out with Faust, everybody. I'm Faust Chicho, and today I have the pleasure of sitting here with Debbie Solaris. Let me tell you about Debbie and what she's been up to. So Debbie was a health inspector uh, for many years. She's a Navy veteran. She's worked in various positions in her local government, but all that changed in one night. Debbie's titles today are a little more exciting than they used to be. So today she's well known in the community as an ET contactee, a galactic historian, an Akashic Records star guide, and a starseed intuitive. She's based in Colorado, but she provides readings and other intuitive services to clients all over the world. She's a, a featured um, and certified ambassador of Gaia, who, if you watch my podcast, you see a lot of their ads come up. And uh, I have seen her on many of my favorite shows on Gaia, and I'm sure she's been on a few more since then. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have Debbie. Thank you so much for beaming in. Oh, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's awesome to be here. Very cool. So, you know, I, I, I was, you know, doing a deep dive on your background and I'm like, man, you were, I, I you seem pretty far from, I mean, at least today's concept of yeah. spiritual, you know, in your yeah the way the life you were living and being kind of, I think you were, you were, a, you were an inspector, yeah. right? Yeah. I was a health inspector. For you health inspector. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you, you, every day. You got like the most boring job ever. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. Definitely the most ungratifying job ever, but, uh, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, I worked for uh, the public health department wow. in Colorado Springs for a lot of years, you know, and even though my background is environmental health, you know, that was the big focus, you know, right. you know, for the health department. So. That's, you know, and so what I, I, this 
you had a, a a night that kind of changed everything. It was at least, I think, safe to say that was the catalyst. Yeah, right? and I, and I love this this story. Um, would you tell everyone about? Um, I mean, what you kind of decided to do, and then what ended up happening? We can. You don't have to spend too much time on it if you don't want. But I just I love the the sincerity and and it, and it it's a great example to me of the power that we have with our oh, absolutely. thoughts and our prayers. And yeah. I think the opportunities for transformation too. I mean, it's just, uh, doesn't matter where we come from, where we're at, you know, our lives can change in an instant, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, getting into my story, I, I think I'll start with, um, let me see. Uh, I'll start with, uh, where I was at. Okay. So, um, just to kind of give a backdrop of what was going on with me. Um, so as you mentioned before, I am a Navy veteran. I, I was in the military for a few years and then, um, I did work in the IT field and for public health, um, for quite a few years. So I have very much a scientific background. I'm a very much left brain kind of person, you know, I'm all about processes and details and stuff like that, you know, so definitely not like your woo woo spiritual type at all, you know, so yeah. uh, was had no interest in spirituality, had no interest in extraterrestrials whatsoever, you know, mo- for most of my life. Um, and that that did all change. However, I think I started getting introduced to extraterrestrials probably around uh, um probably around 2009, um, my, my partner, uh, my, my, and my, you know, significant other Terry, he's, he's really interested in the paranormal and UFOs. So, you know, so he was reading articles about it and he'd share them with me and you're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, whatever. It's like, what's my, what's my boyfriend? Sounds like my wife. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) but I read them just to be polite. And I was like, oh, okay, these are all right. You know, but it, it, kind of interesting, but I was still really skeptical, but, um, uh, but this was around, I think then we started getting into 2012 and mm. this was around a time when, you know, everybody was talking about the Mayan calendar. Everybody was very significant about, year. Yeah. Yeah. It was a significant year. And I think especially one for awakening, but mm-hmm. You know, people were talking about, oh, there's going to be great changes, you know, economically. You know. There were people who thought literally that there would be an, an ascension of sorts. Like a oh, physical, yeah, absolutely. You know, some yeah. people were really like, you know, well, when it didn't happen. The world was going to end. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they thought the world was going to end. You know, and I was like, I didn't believe that, but I I, I knew there was, it was a significant year. Um and I always kind of joke that I'm not a spiritual warrior. I'm a spiritual worrier. <laughs> so I, yeah. I love to worry about everything, you know? So, so I was worried about the environment. I was worried about planet earth. I was worried about, uh, you know, the, the animals, the people, I mean, I was worried about everything. Yeah. And, and so I had one sleepless night. This was, I think in the early part of May, 2012, where I was just couldn't sleep. I was sending out this really earnest prayer to the universe that, oh my gosh, we need, we need assist. We need divine assistance here on earth. This planet is messed up. I tell you what, we're messed up here. We need, we need all the angels, all the guides, you know, all the, you know, all the uh, help we can get. Yeah. We need just to need some help. And I was even sending it out to the galactic brothers and sisters, even though I didn't really wasn't even sure. You were putting it out there for, for anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
And it was a very earnest prayer. I, I think I must have prayed uh, for eight hours straight, you know, just really trying to send that energy out there because uh, I was really worried about the state of planet Earth. Um, yeah. So after that night, you know, went to work the next day, you know, two weeks had passed, you know, nothing happened. And then, you know, I just kind of went about my day-to-day life. And then about, uh, I would say sometime in May, I'm not sure. I think it was probably the latter part of May. I'm not really sure, but um, I, I went to sleep and about, I don't know, I, I came to, and I was just found myself in some sort of different consciousness where mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't a dream because everything was really crystal clear. I very mean, it lucid. Felt, yeah, it was very lucid. It was very, uh, um, it was very, it was very, I don't know, just hyper real. Right. It was, but definitely like far from an ordinary, like it wasn't just. An ordinary dream that was clear. Yeah, right? it was not an ordinary dream at all. Uh, but it was, it felt like I was in a, ha- having an out of body experience, like my consciousness was there, but maybe physically my body was still in my bed, you right. know, in my house. But, uh, but I came to, and then I was kind of looking around. I thought, wow, this looks like an extraterrestrial starship. You know, it's like, this is really kind of weird, you know. And uh, the ship didn't look metallic, like a lot of times with uh, the movies. And- yeah, with the movies, you see these kind of really kind of futuristic, metallic-looking, yeah, you know, freaky ships, and it didn't look quite like that. I mean, you could tell it was a a craft of some sort, right? But it was comprised of light and plasma and some sort of extraterrestrial materials I've never seen. And it was very kind of organic and fluid. It it had its own consciousness, I could tell, because it kept directing me towards this other space. And so I was kind of following along. And then Mm -hmm. I found myself in this huge room. It it kind of looked like a conference room. Uh, They called it the orientation room. Uh, I don't know what they were orienting me to, but you know, I was just like something. Okay, something they were orienting me to something. Okay. Cause it was like, what in the heck is this? You know, yeah. there was this big holographic dome in the middle of the room, you know, it was just kind of really weird. Uh, and there was these uh, four or five extraterrestrial beings that was in this room. And I was like, okay, these, these beings don't look human. <laughs> where's yeah where's this dream going yeah where yeah where is this kind of thing going you know so i um so i was thinking of questions to to ask them and i wasn't even sure if they understood english and as as even before i could finish the question in my head they were answering my question yeah yeah i mean they were that tuned into me you know and to describe what they looked like they initially I couldn't really see them because their auras were so huge and they were mm-hmm. so bright that I, I would see colors and yeah. like a little bit of an image, but I couldn't really. So I had to kind of look at them at my periphery, you know, and then I was able to cl- catch glimpses of what they looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had larger heads, larger eyes. The eyes had irises and pupils. They had kind of a humanoid look about them. So sure. they had a nose and a mouth and a face, but it wasn't gray alien like at all. Um, so I knew right away they weren't grays. Uh, they had kind of a bluish greenish skin tone. Mm. They had three fingers, uh, kind of like 
And at the time, I didn't know what they were. Now I know they were, you know, pretty much your classical Arcturians. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I whenever asked, I hear blue, I think Arcturian. Although I know that's not solely an Arcturian thing, but yeah, there's a lot of other star races yeah. that are blue too. You know, so yeah, we'll talk about that. You know, later in the show. Okay, but. Um, but I mean, they were kind of like a bluish greenish color. And I was like, oh, these are kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I had cast them, where who are you? Where are you from? Why am I here? What am I doing? What's this? You know, of and, course, yeah. And then all the, you know, the you know, the normal questions. And and they told me they were Arcturians from Arcturus. And they they showed me in the hologram they're kind of like a star map and you know where their star system was located in relation to Earth. And um, you know, they Did told they show me, you the little the little boot, the little Buddhist, what do they call that? Thing? Bodhis, yeah, they showed yeah, me the... Bodhis. Yeah, definitely Bodhis. Cool. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, and they said, you know, yeah, our star system 37 light years away from yours. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they answered a lot of my questions um, during this time. It was like one question that I, I always just keep asking them questions because, mm-hmm. and they patiently answered all of them. Uh, they were, um, I never felt afraid around them because they, when you're around these extraterrestrial beings, they just emanate all this love and acceptance. Yeah. I mean, it's just like massive love energy and you can't help but feel like this high around them because yeah. you it's just so high vibration. It's... Yeah. So welcoming. Yeah. So they're just uh, beautiful. I mean, and I've heard this a lot from others that have had extraterrestrial yeah. experiences that they just emanate this love energy um i have too and you know even even sometimes when the appearance is intimidating or you know what we would call or this different, cla- or yeah different. classically scary you know i have yeah. a friend who ended up on a ship with this um very benevolent um advanced kind of re- reptilian you know mm-hmm. and of course like it's eight foot being and that's toothy he was like you know, I knew I should be scared, but, but it wasn't, I was overcome with this feeling that it wasn't, you know, this welcoming feeling. It wasn't threatening. I was like, wow, talk about a, a paradox of senses there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I've heard that with people that have had encounters with mantis beings that, yeah. you know, they look really scary. I mean, because they're big insects, you know, they're yeah, like they can. 12 feet tall, you know, and then, and then uh, you're thinking, oh my God, is this thing going to eat me? And then it's just like, oh, they, they're sending out all this love energy. <laughs> they're so loving. I, I talk yeah. about them a lot, you know, that, and they, I think that's one of the reasons why they kind of stay silhouetted and, you know, they, they, yeah. they, cause you know, they know that humans, we, we scare pretty easily in general as a species. So. Oh yeah. I think we, we have, we definitely are uh, a fearful bunch for sure. Yeah. I know yeah. I was for a, for a long time, but um, getting back to the story, I'm going to try to um, speed it up a little bit. Sure. Because we have a lot to talk about today. But so basically what happened is they they answered a lot of my questions about what was going on on planet Earth and who I w- truly was, because I always thought I was just an ordinary human. And, you know, they told me, oh, no, you're one of us. Uh, you're you're, you know, in this human body, you know, trying on a mission. And we're here to remind you of your mission. And they did say that the reason why they brought me on board the ship was because of that prayer, you know, that Mm. they heard that prayer and they figured I was ready. You know, they figured, you know, Hey, you know, she's, she's ready to take on a mission, you know? So, 
so they and you were me. and you, you were maybe you didn't realize it but you were oh because, i was yeah no yeah. i totally was uh yeah. Yeah, i didn't realize it but you know uh but but totally happened and they told me i came from a long line of arturian ambassadors scientists and historians which i thought was kind hmm. of interesting because i uh, I, I didn't quite understand that at first, yeah. but now, you know, that done this work for, you know, about nine years, you know, now I understand it, but, sure. um, and they told me I had an ancestral connection to the Akashic records, which, which at the time I didn't even know what the Akashic records were. You know, I, right. just, I just remember the word Akashic records, but, um, and, they, and it wasn't like they told me, oh, yeah, you're going to be this Akashic Records reader. You know, they right. didn't anything like that. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, you're you're here to help awaken, you know, the planet, you know. Right. So, so for people uh, listening who, who who may be a little unclear about this concept of, of the Akashic Records is, is, is it's I mean, you could think of it like this, this infinite library. Um, oh, yeah. And, and there are certain um, ad, advanced races and beings you know, have no, access to it. that, that are, you know, have just like a librarian would have access to and, and be part of overseeing it. There are many, 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 you know, species and races that, that have this similar function. And so sometimes we have a connection to, or, you know, a, a simultaneous uh, life, if you will, with a being who is very much, you know, um, interested and passionate about keeping these records just just a, a little f fyi in case you're wondering like the, what is the actually call it the energetic records of the universe you know that's because a great it, that's a yeah great it's just, you know it's kind of like um, some people describe it as a library but honestly when i access the records it's like i'm pulling out people's crystals i don't know it's, i see it kind of very crystalline and and it's like I pull out the crystal and then it kind of plays their story. So it kind of plays like a Netflix movie or something. Yeah. I'm just kind of pulling their. It sounds their- like a crypt, like, like, remember the beginning of Superman and they use the crystals. It's the Kryptonian technology. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like that. Yeah. People so, think that that stuff like that is just, yeah. oh, they have a great imagination. No, no. They, I mean, yes, they have a great imagination, but that imagination is tapped into these records many times some of our greatest stories come from you know authors and muses tapping into this incredible set of records uh the energetic records that we have access to yeah and and actually what's really cool nowadays is that now we have access to the galactic records not just the earth records like 20 years ago people could only access the earth records because that's where our consciousness was for yeah. that time. But now, you know, now that our consciousness is expanding, uh, we all have access to the galactic records. I always say, I don't have a pa- special password for it. You know, <laughs> we all can do it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and actually dark beings have access to those records too. Um, sure. That would make sense. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize that that's how they get all their information. A lot of times, you know, that's how they know so much about us, you know, so. Yeah. Google um, operation looking glass, if you want. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, the dog. No, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's documented. You could check it out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, uh, Just to wrap up the ET contact story. I was on the ship for quite a while. It felt like I was there for months, but. In all actuality, I was probably just there for one night, you know, in in Earth time, I guess. But yeah, time is completely weird. Yeah, when you get into the higher dimensions, it's weird. Um, 
And what's weird about being in the higher dimensions too is everything is so crystal clear. It's like the details are really sharp. The colors are brilliant. Mm. It makes the 3D look really kind of flat and uninteresting when you come mm. back. You know, it's kind of like, and you go through a depression for months. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of like a near-death experience where you, you've, you know, because you've accessed the higher realms and you're just feeling all high and good. And then you come back to the 3D yeah. and then you you're just like, crash. oh, look, I'm in this body. Oh, great. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. You mean I'm back? Really? Yeah. It's like, what? <clears throat> Like, I don't want to come back. I want to stay there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so I had interactions with other extraterrestrial beings. Um, this ship was huge. It was city-sized. It had wow. like, a huge atrium in the middle of it that was several stories high. And there was extraterrestrial beings all over the place. And most of them looked humanoid. I mean, it was kind of interesting. It wasn't like Star Wars where you had all these kind of crazy-looking <laughs> beings, you yeah. know? Um I think the humanoid template is pretty, you know, prevalent throughout our universe. You know, it's the the most, probably the most, I mean, not to to say that there's non-humanoid beings. Obviously there are, there's quite a few of them, but uh, but that's like the most prominent template. So uh, at least on this particular ship, the majority of them more or less looked humanoid. Uh, But you can tell they were not from earth. You know, you can tell that. Uh, Right. And there was different species and races and, you know, so, uh, so I had interactions with some of them and then uh, uh, they had like this really cool light shaft that would take you from one space to another. It was like a beam of light. Um, uh, and I called it the light escalator because it was like kind of rainbow color and it was That's so cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and beings were just being transported against um, up through, through these shafts and, I was like, damn, I want to go on one of those, you know, I want to see what that's yeah. like, you know? So I kept stepping on one and it kept throwing me off. I couldn't get uh, on it. And I was pissed off. I was like, what? I can't you know, get on this it. Is, this is not working. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a Pleiadian being that caught me, I think the third or fourth time I tried it. And he telepathically told me that you need to set an intention of where you want to go, then mm. step on it. Wow. Otherwise, it's not going to know where you want to go, which I mean, it's actually a universal law. You always want right. to set intention first, you know, so. Wow. There's so much to be understood about reality just in that single moment. That, that they, single that moment. Had. Yeah. It's just like it was mind blowing for me. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, yes, that totally makes it is sense. such a metaphor for so many things. So many things. My yeah. God. And so. Finally, I said, okay, I want to go to this location here. And then I got on the shaft and I was, it was transporting me across the space. And I was so excited. And then I woke up and I was back in my bed. <laughs> wow. What like, an experience though. What a, so, it so was an, it was a life-changing experience. Yeah. That's why after all these years, I still remember it like it was yesterday. You know, I just, yeah. I still remember it and I'll never, ever forget it. And I hope that all of us will have our own versions of sure. those types of experiences. It's amazing, you know, um, that you have such vivid, vivid memory and, and can you took so much detail with you. I think, I think a lot of times people have, you know, maybe not this extent of an experience, but, yeah. you know, then the, the when they get back into their bodies, the, you know, this... A lot of time, like a lot of dreams are very hard to remember, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And so some of them, when we have vivid dreams, are a little easier, but even they, you know, start to fade. It's like, because because 
I feel like they happen on such a higher dimension. And then we get back into this, to this gray matter and mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it's hard to contain. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's a, such a blessing that you were able to recount and remember all of this. Um, and, and so, you know, it was, it was tough for a few months, um, but, but okay. what I'm fascinated with is how, you know, so tell me then how, how things started to shift yeah, for you and, yeah. and how this information started to come to you and things started to get a little clearer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so like I was alluding to before, uh, after, I mean, I have, after I woke up, I had this high, I was feeling really great. You know, I bounced out of bed, couldn't wait to tell my partner and, you know, I was just really excited. And, and then, and then it was like, uh, you know, later that day I just crashed, you know, yeah. you know, I just felt really depressed. I felt depressed for months. Um, I was, I was commuting to work, you know, and I was driving my car and uh. every morning, I was crying. I was crying like, Oh my gosh, why am I back here? Yeah. I missed the ship. I missed those beings. I your missed- soul was like, you have to stop doing this. I know. You're not on your path. Right. I mean, that's, I, I know exactly. That's and actually that, that, that's what, exactly what ended up happening is that I had to leave my 3d job. You yeah. know? I couldn't, I couldn't sustain that kind of reality anymore. But, uh, um, so I was noticing that afterwards, uh, my extrasensory perception increased exponentially. I was seeing auras around people and things. And, uh, and I was also having interdimensional travels kind of spontaneously. Uh, I was able to see UFOs all the time. I mean, it was like before I never saw a UFO in my life. And then I was seeing them all the time, actually telepathically communicating with these, you know, uh, with these UFOs. And then, I was, I would go to spaces like a Starbucks in the middle of downtown Colorado Springs. And I was mm-hmm. reading everybody's thoughts. <laughs> You're like, Oh, this is a, Oh, wow. it was terrible. It was terrible. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> I said, please don't let, allow me to do this because earth humans thoughts are not worth. Well, you <laughs> see now why we're, think about. We, we've, uh, we're kind of in a, a that that part of our evolution is on hold, I think, until we can straighten ourselves out. You know? Absolutely. A lot of people think very negatively about themselves and others. And yeah, it's really sure. depressing. You, you know, you, you definitely don't want to be uh, connected with that at all. Uh, yeah. So I was begging my guides, please turn it off. Please turn it off. You know, I don't want to. And I was like, and I ran out of the Starbucks and I was going down downtown Colorado. And I was like, every time I was passing a person, I was hearing their thoughts. I was hearing yeah. their thoughts. You know, it was just like, no, no, no. It was like, stop it, stop it. You know, so, so there was weird stuff like that. Like there was three black helicopters that was hovering over my backyard. Wow. And they, and I, I knew they were government. So they knew that I had contact, I think. Uh, and there was times when there was a black, uh, black S, unmarked SUVs that was following my car. I mean, it was weird stuff. I mean, yeah. so I, I, I knew that the government knew that. There must have been a ship. There must have been something around your location that, that they, they were like, well, you know, cause you know what they, that's what they, if there's a, a presence, they hone in on it and then oh, they yeah. just track what, you know, what it's, what, what it's connecting to or where it's, you know. The other thing that was weird is I was seeing shape-shifting reptilians, you know, oh. like, 
I, I was able to see past their disguise and I knew they were reptilians and wow, this was in real life. I mean, like person to person. Yeah. That was just 3d, right? 3d. Yeah. So, uh, and I was able to telepathically communicate with them. And I told them, I know who you are. I know what you are. Um, and then they would disappear or they would, you know, run out of the room or something. Uh, cause you know, their, their disguise was you know, right. uncovered, you know, but, but I was having like a lot of these weird experiences. Uh, the other thing that was happening to me is I was getting massive downloads of galactic information, like a lot of information about astronomy that I never knew before. A lot of information about galactic historical events. Yeah, and I thought I was going crazy. I thought I'm sure you did. I mean, you know, if you weren't getting those downloads when you started to perceive, you know, any kind of reptilian. Um, aspect of these of these people i think if you didn't have that knowledge going with it you would have just been like you know i mean probably most people would have been like all right i'm losing i'm losing it i'm gonna i'm getting the fuck out of here you know what i mean like i because or i need i need to talk to yeah i mean like that would be the natural or, or need to go in some beds or you know or, or something exactly but, um but i kind of knew that you know all this stuff was happening because of what happened on board the ship you know that you know i had access to that yeah. and um and then um because i was getting all this information and it also i was running across people and i was downloading information about them i didn't know where the information was coming from but I knew that, oh, they have a Pleiadian lineage or, you know, they, their ancestors were Celtic and this is why they have a griffin on their, uh, you know, on their family crest. I mean, it was just weird information like that. And, and your, so, your medium abilities were activated. Then. Yeah, activated. Yeah, That's a lot were. of information coming in, you know. Yeah, for, so I started taking spiritual classes. Like I, I spent two or three years taking nonstop spiritual classes. Uh, it was because I needed to understand what was the connection of all this. Yeah. Um, and it helped thought, you, I'm sure it helped you govern your, your abilities and, and figure out what to do with them and, you know, and be able to put up a bound, a safe boundary for yourself when you're in the world and not have all this, this sensory input coming in oh, to, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and I think it gave me a lot of clarity of what was happening with me. So um, it made me realize, you know, oh, I'm not crazy. And I did a ton of research online and I, you know, read a lot of books and, you know, so I started to realize, oh, these are, this is galactic history I'm accessing, you mm -hmm. know, it's not anything. And, you know, cause there was, you know, cause I was comparing, you know, the information I was getting with the information other people were getting and, sure. and there was a lot of correlations, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, uh, we're all getting the, you know, similar information. There must be some truth to it. Right. Uh, and then I started taking Akashic reading classes um, right here in my hometown of Castle Rock, Colorado. I, I live in Castle Rock, which is just South of Denver and uh, Colorado. We're kind of like spiritual Mecca here. I mean, there's everything out here. I don't, yeah. I don't know where you're, you're broadcasting from, but um, definitely uh, not a, a spiritual Mecca kind of place. I'm in yeah. New York city at the moment, but uh, yeah, yeah no, New York yeah. city is a little different. Yeah, for definitely, sure. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and so we have access to all the, you know, spiritual classes and, and there's a lot of spiritual cool. practitioners here. So um uh, so there's three levels of, of Akashic Records reading training. And so even after the first level, I was doing Akashic Records readings. But mm -hmm. um, 
but I was finding, wow, I'm just, I'm just accessing a lot of information, you know, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm able to, you know, to see this whole, this person's whole, whole right. story, yeah, you know, um, you know, so, um, you know, so it, it, you know, so I guess my reputation got out there and then, you know, people were finding out about me, they were referring, you know, all their friends and families to me. So, so that's how kind of I got into this and, cool. and I, I, I'm, I actually consider myself more of a galactic historian. So I know there's other people that call themselves that too. Um, I won't uh, bring up their names, but you know, from, <laughs> um, and I have a lot of respect for them. It's not sure. Don't feel like I'm it's not a competition, you know. It's yeah, like but everybody is in service. I mean, service, that's the idea. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, we're going to all reach you know different different people. Sure. You know? So so we're all here doing the same thing. But um, but I, I really I feel like it's my mission to awaken people to who we truly are and where we truly came from. Right. Why and why we're really here. Okay. Uh, it's not just to have a mundane human life. Okay. It's, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I and guess if you're, if you're crying that. and you're going to work and experiencing this kind of sadness, you know, every day, yeah, it's because your soul is begging you to find your path because it, oh, it may, yeah. you know, it's, it's likely not at that place that you're commuting to. You know, we, 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 we were so disconnected in this modern society we live in that we just do, we're, we're so in routine and so habitually kind of unconscious that we find ourselves so sad and we don't, instead of thinking, could it, could it be that I'm unhappy in, in this thing I'm doing, you know, we just think something's wrong with me and then we get put on medication and everybody has advice and, but your soul has a lot of wisdom for you mm-hmm. to tune into, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I too had to ba- break out of the 3D matrix and it was a very difficult process. It's challenging because it, yeah. it, it involves enough courage to venture into the unknown. And this is a very fearful place for humans, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. you know. And everybody was telling me I was crazy, you know. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, because I want I wanted to retire from my 3D, you know, public health job, you know, two years earlier than I was supposed to. And maybe I think it was two or three years earlier. And everybody told me I was crazy. You know, they said, What about your retirement? What about this? What about that? You're not gonna make the kind of money that you, you used to make. And yeah. I, and what's ironic is now I'm making more than three times what I used to make as a public health servant, you know. So yeah. Find your path, man. Yeah, you got to find your path. You got to trust the universe and you got to trust in yourself. You know, that's yeah. And the more you do, the, yeah. the, the, the more abundance is going to show up in your life because you're aligning to your heart. This is the law of attraction. This is how exactly. the universe operates. Yeah. People want, you know, they want the cookie without, you know, they, they they they're still confused about believing and seeing and seeing is believing and they still have it backwards. You know what I mean? You have to be willing to trust and take that leap of faith. And if you do, you will be provided for, you know, oh, like absolutely. It's like yeah, I mean, things will show up if you're I mean, following my, your heart. My husband and I were able to move into our dream home just last summer. That's I mean, amazing. I mean, it was just, a, and everybody was telling us, Oh, the market in Colorado is crazy. You're never going to find what you're looking for. And within a week we found our dream house, you know, amazing. So uh, that's awesome. You know, so, the, you know, so you never know where this is going to take you, you know, no. 
but but happiness is the key destination. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Mean, it is. A life of joy is is the number yeah. one location, I think. But absolutely, yeah. Most and, importantly, uh, yeah. It is. It is very important. Um, so, uh, so that kind of wraps up, I guess. How oh yeah, I totally. Yeah. You know, I, 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 it's you. You said one of my magic words. You know, I, 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 I feel a very strong connection to the Arcturians. And I had this, um, you know, I was really knee deep in reading, every, you know, everything and um, from Neil Donald Walsh to Jane Roberts, you know, um, Esther Hicks, Abraham, mm. uh, you know, devouring uh, Bashar, Daralanka's material. And I, I just, I couldn't get enough. And I, pay, I, I, at random, I picked up this book, um, I think it was called We Arcturians or We and I, Arcturians. Yeah. yeah. And and, it, and it's and it's this old school book. It was written in the late 80s. Yeah, it was written quite a while ago. Actually. You know, so it was really a and it, this amazing story of these three women um on this old computer, you know, they worked in Silicon Valley if my memory serves me and one of them started to get these messages and the, so they started to communicate through this computer with with the arcturians and and um i was reading this book i was fascinated by it and and then i read you know what the arcturians said about part of their mission here and how it's changed you know and and how that is to bring humanity back to its heart and then i read um the word that they used to for 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 Jesus for mm -hmm. for Yeshua, which is yeah. uh, Sunanda. Sunanda, yeah. Sunanda, and when I read that word, I got these like, I mean, I I had to put, I had to put the book down because it was this this phys, physical experience I had was just so intense. I mean, it was, and I and I had to, like kind of close my eyes and stop what I was doing, um, and just and just be in my body because I was having these crazy kinesthetic um experience but like goosebumps all over it was it was, i mean it was very pleasurable but it was so intense and I, and that word echoed um in my throughout my whole body and i just thought oh my god you know what is going on with me and then i you know i realized that i have this connection you know that that it, it's got it has to be part of you know oh yeah oh yeah um, I, I believe that a lot of us were energetically connected to these, I guess, ascended masters or, uh, I don't yeah. know, uh, these, you know, higher dimensional beings, you know, cause we're all part of the same soul family, you know, yes. we probably had, had past lives with them or I'm you, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, That's what I've, I've garnered, um, yeah. from talking uh, to a few people like yourself. Sananda actually means with bliss. Um, hmm. I didn't know that until recently, but I, I didn't know that till just now. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so it totally makes sense when it connects to that particular being, you know. Right. That's what he brought to the planet, you know. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, actually, so the Arcturians. Yeah, yeah, we Arcturians was a book. It was one of the first books I ordered from Amazon. After oh wow! My experience because I was that like, is I find out more about these Arcturians. Like, I got to figure out what's going on with them. You know. And now I see why how how this connection. Ends yeah, up. exactly. We yeah, yeah. Amazing. And the other That's, book I think I got was Connecting with the Arcturians with uh, David K. I know that one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one's re really good too. Um, 
Yeah, there's some really good books out there. You know, people have had contact with mm-hmm. the Arcturians. Uh, I think my particular with our, you know, connection with the Arcturians is um, I do know I'm an Arcturian star seed. So I mm-hmm. know that um, I've, I originally hailed from Arcturus, even mm-hmm. though I've had incarnations in many different stars. Sure. You know, I feel like I, I know all of them, um, but uh, you know, they they seem to serve so many different roles for humanity. Roles, yeah, exactly. know, and they're so advanced, and I feel like they're you know they're kind of like you know they're they're very high up. Not that there's a, a totem pole, but there is certainly a level of consciousness that happens with expansion, and as beings become more and more expanded, then their, their service to to the universe and to life, I think grows, and I, and I think the Arcturians are kind of one of uh, one of the oldest and 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 more advanced, if not most yeah. advanced, you yeah. know. But I would I would love for you to, if you wanted to talk a little bit about you know kind of what you've come to understand about the Arcturians and oh, absolutely and about you know um, kind of what's happening now on the planet and and oh yeah how sure. those two things intersect. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can talk for hours about Arcturian. <laughs> I, I, I love them so much. But um, so I guess bringing in a little bit of a uh, galactic historical perspective, um, the Arcturians were actually set aside when, you know, when this particular galaxy was being formulated, you know, they were kind of set aside to be kind of the overseers of this descent into physicality experimentation that was happening in our universe, you know, at this time. So, so they don't um, follow like, or, or they're not, you know, connected with the Lyra Vega soul group. They, they kind of oversee everything. So that's why I call them the guardians of the galaxy, even though I know that's a movie, but um, <laughs> yeah, you no, know, but it's, uh, but, but that's basically describes what, what they're about. You know, yeah. they, they're kind of the overseers. And so they're kind of the keeper, they're the keepers of the Akashic records. Uh, there is a major stargate in Arcturus. Uh, it's one of the two major stargates in our galaxy. There's many stargates, but yeah. the two most prominent ones is the Antares stargate, which connects the Andromeda galaxy with the Milky Way. And then there's the Arcturus stargate, which processes souls after death and before their next incarnation. So Arcturian beings have a huge responsibility to make sure that, you know, souls are cared for, you know, that's, and that they're, they're guided properly. Um, And so I I don't think I've ever heard of a negative Arcturian being. Me either. No. I know, you know, you never, I mean, you hear about negative Pleiadians, negative Syrians, you know, but you never hear of negative Arcturian beings because that's not their orientation. No. Um, there's a reason why Edgar Casey called them the most advanced civilization in our galaxy, you know, hmm. because they are super advanced. Um, my, my connect, um, the other thing I saw in the records and, and a lot of people don't know this, and I don't know why I was privy to this information, but um, Arcturus is actually located in Bodis, which is actually really close to Draco. Okay. Mm. Um, it's on the other side of Draco. I have a star map up here. You guys can probably see it. I can, I can have one put in for everyone to see. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, so you can see there, you know, there's Draco and then there's Bodis, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, 
so, so it's really interesting, just kind of the proximity. And then Lyra is kind of on the other side, you know, and Cygnus and, you know, some of the other, you know, major star systems. But, uh, but what's interesting is that the Lyrans weren't the only ones that were attacked by Draco. Arcturus was also attacked by Draco because they wanted to take over the Stargate because they knew if they had, if they had control of the Stargate, they had control of the souls. Mm. And that's what they're trying to do here on earth right now. They're trying to stay, you know, maintain control of, so there's a false reincarnation matrix that's in place right now here on planet earth where they're, they're, you know, recycling souls over and over and over again to, you know, to gather loose, you know, from, you know, all the human emotions and things like that's what they feed off of. But um, they feed off of other things too. Don't get me wrong, but right. that's one of the major things they feed off of. And, and so they wanted control of the Arcturian Stargate and the Arcturians were able to successfully fight them off. I'm sure their, their technology is just beyond amazing. anything that, I mean, you know. Their starships can blast. It's a mistake. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, their that. starships can can you know send a blast to uh, a draconian Death starship and just incinerate it. I mean, that's I'm, I'm how, sure, or just remove you know remove it. I mean, it, they could yeah. literally just keep putting it back in its own stars in its own yeah, solar exactly. system. Like, you know you what know, I mean? Like keep transporting them back or whatever. But, yeah, but. Uh, um, but they'll defend themselves if they have to. Of course. I mean, even though yeah. they're very loving beings, you know, they they understand that, you know, hey, you have to have the ability to defend yourself. Yeah. I mean, and, else. you know, there are those, you know, these beings have such an ability to to see things coming, you know, that it that it's a very rare, very, very rare event that a a you know, a system or a civilization can take up arms, you know, and get away with it because there are federations oh, yeah. in place. There's rules, you know what I mean? It's not a, Oh yeah, exactly. It's not a free for all out there, you know, and, and spacefaring civilizations in general have to meet certain conscious requirements in order to be, you know, um, you know, blessed and, and expand. And so yeah. it really kind of has to be, you know, uh, a, a kind of a, a, a like a decision that is hidden and hidden well for them to be able to, you know, go on a physical attack, which is just a complete blunder anyway. You know, the Arcturians are playing five D chess, and and they're these these civilizations are playing checkers. It's not yeah, exactly. It's a no yeah, contest. It, you know, that's a, that's a really beautiful analogy, by the way. I, <laughs> I have to remember that. You know, like sure, yeah, we're we're playing chess, and they're just playing checkers. You know, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, because of, uh, so nowadays the, uh, the reptilians don't want to mess with the Arcturians at all. They, they, I mean, they kind of like, I'm sure, battle, you know, if there's an Arcturian in their print in the premises, you know, because, because they know how powerful, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the technology that they have are, you know, so, uh, um, the other thing I saw in the records is what some of their planets look like, uh, which I think will be interesting for people. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of times if I'm doing, uh, you know, readings for say somebody that has an Arcturian connection or they're an Arcturian star seed, you know, a lot of times I'll see, you know, what's, what planets they came from or where they resided for a while. And I would say the majority of us that are currently in service to earth right now came from the planet called Petola and, 
It's a it's probably the most populated planet in the Arcturus solar system. And Arcturus is a humongous red star. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it's like, I don't know, like a hundred times bigger than I mean, maybe a quadruply hundreds and hundreds of times oh, wow. bigger than our sun. I mean, it's a humongous star. Um uh, but there are they do it does have planets and Patola is interesting because it has kind of a holographic reality. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that these beings are not like third dimensional beings. They they're not. They're not. They yeah. don't. They, you know, it's and if they are, it's a it's a it's a it's a very conscious decision that is made for an interaction. It's not. You know, there would be no point in them staying. Yeah, dimensional. Exactly. They evolved well beyond that. Yeah. yeah, you know, so 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 if they're they if they have like a planet, it's not physical in the same sense that Earth is physical, right. but there are components that may look like a certain physicality. Sure. Uh, you know, so they uh, so Petola has kind of purplish burgundy skies. It's always kind of dark. Um, uh, and I, I think Arcturians have a hard time with really bright sunlight. I hear this a lot from Arcturian starseeds that there's, their eyes are really photosensitive because especially those that maybe haven't been on earth for quite a while, you know, uh, and so they have a hard time, you know, focusing in, in, in the light, you know, so a lot of times they have to wear sunglasses, but um but the planet was actually pretty dark, and I mean, and I mean that in a kind of a literal sense, not a right, you know, like uh, literal, you know, literally. Sense. Yeah. But uh, um, but I, what I saw was that there was lots of different pools of water. Arcturians like to replenish themselves um, in these pools of water. Um, it's kind of a conductor for energy for them, mm -hmm. and uh, they don't really eat food, but they ingest kind of like a light. Uh, like a prana almost probably yeah. yeah like prana yeah so so they don't eat um they do have family groups you know i think you know they have plants you know on their planet but it's kind of fluorescent looking um it's really kind of a holographic reality um uh, the other thing i saw is in some of these pools of water there was huge crystals that were growing out of them and then some of these crystals were so big that they created like healing spaces out of mm. them so it's kind of like this organic healing space and, and I call them the crystal temples, but they had within these healing spaces, like little crystal pods that they would use to put the souls in that needed additional healing after mm. an incarnation. Um, so the Arcturians are very loving, you know, they're very loving healing. They're very oriented towards healing. So yeah. If there's a soul that gone through massive trauma, they're going to make sure that it gets all the support and healing it yeah. needs before they pro finish processing it through the Stargate. Um, right. right. Uh, so, uh, so these souls were, these souls are amazing. I mean, Arcturian beings are amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I was seeing all this stuff and I was even seeing past lives, you know, I've had on this planet and it was just, you know, really felt, it felt like I was coming home, you know, it just yeah. felt like, you know, wow, you know, this is, this is what my home looks like, you know? Um, yeah. It's so amazing. It's a know? very familiar, it's like the most familiar and unfamiliar feeling you can have all at the same time. You know, it's exactly. like uh, yeah. this, this odd deja vu um, 
like somewhere in the recesses, you know that you have felt and seen this before, but but you know that's not possible technically. It's like it's this weird, it's a cool feeling, but it's but it's it's mystical, you know. Yeah, it's um, very mystical, it's very magical. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these other star systems have their own mysticism and magic. I always totally. talk about Sirius um and how mystical and magical Sirius is and uh, the Pleiades, you know, there's certain star systems in the Pleiades that had that kind of energy. And, you know, so, um, yeah, strong connections we have to both, both those, the Syrians and, and of course the Syrians and the the Pleiadians have a strong connection themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, the the history there, but you know, what I don't hear a lot about it, that, that you talk about that I'm like, Oh, wow. I, I have to, I have to, I have to pick her her mind about that. Is the is the Lyra star system? Oh um, yeah, the Lyra star. You know, system. it's just yeah. a, it's just kind of a, you, you, it's a fascinating system. But you, I, I don't hear a lot of people kind of tapping into it. Or, and so I, I would love for you to tell me a, um, a little bit about that. I'll start from a historical perspective, okay. and then we'll get a little bit more in detail. But, oh great, okay. Um, yeah, so. Uh, so when there was, so there's multi-universes and each universe goes through its own experiment of separation from source, you know, so, um, so as one universe is, is closing out, you know, their experience of the separation from source and it starts in a different universe. Um, and so it was our universe's turn, you know, to experience this billions of years ago and, Initially, my understanding from what I've seen in the records is that this was a, supposed to occur in Andromeda Galaxy originally, but or Andromeda Galaxy, it's its own galaxy. It's about 2 million light years away from Milky Way, even though it's our closest galaxy. I mean, this is how expansive the universe is, you know, and, and we're not even talking multi-universes. We're just talking about our universe, but... Uh, just ours and our neighbor. That's just just those two. It's, is so far away. I mean, so, I mean, it's so much, I mean, there's uh, an abundance of space out there. That's for sure. Um, So, um, so this experiment was supposed to happen in Andromeda galaxy, but Andromeda galaxy was just too, um, too high vibrational to sustain physical life. So the Andromeda galaxy soul group, um, and these were big light beings that were co-creator beings decided to create the Milky Way. And, and so there's a lot of Andromeda galaxy souls that are here in the Milky Way because they made a conscious choice to um, devote themselves to the development of this experiment. Um, so I do uh, quite a few readings for folks that have connections to the Andromeda galaxy, you know, so, um, you know, very strong connections, but uh um, but anyway, when when this galaxy was being formulated, they formulated the galactic center, which is actually located between Scorpio and Sagittarius constellations. And then they created the the the, the zodiac wheel as kind of a backdrop or a backbone that holds the structure of the Milky Way. Mm. So that's why the zodiac is so important. That's why there's many astrological alignments, um, which I can probably talk for hours about. But right. um, we have to have a, we'll have a different yeah, podcast. I won't, for that. <laughs> I won't go there. Okay. So, um, 
So then there was creator beings that thought, okay, we need to find a place to create physicality. And they chose Lyra, you know, the Lyra constellation, because even though it was a small constellation, it only has 13 stars, um, it had the conditions most favorable for physical life. Um, Mm. It had very beautiful, abundant planets, you know, so they started creating this, you know, physical reality in Mm -hmm. these planets. And even today, I mean, when scientists talk about like the 10 most, you know, inhabitable exoplanets in our galaxy. Yeah. There's usually two star systems that come up. Um, It's always Alpha Centauri Mm -hmm. and the Lyra system. Even today, Lyra still has planets that are very inhabitable. Um, Mm. So. I love when, uh, when, when science catches up with what. I know it's always like, I always the, love the scientific, you know, you know com- coming from somebody that has a scientific background, I always yeah. love those science correlations. Like, oh yes, yes. It proves, it proves that what I got in the records was right. You know? Right. So, uh, so anyway, uh, so Lyra was created and it was created to be a very harmonious, very peaceful star system. You know, there was, paradise planets and these planets had names like Avalon and Avion and Vila and Tika. And it was just, you know, beautiful little planets. Yeah. And, um, and there was, you know, many, I think, variation of beings that was created. So a lot of people hear about the Lyran lion beings, the feline. Beings. There you go. You just read my mind. I was just thinking about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people think about, you know, well, what, you know, what were these beings like? And, Actually, the co-creators were feline beings from a different universe that came to start the experiment in our universe. So that's wow. why we have this feline genetic, you know, that's so prevalent. Um, so, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Kind of a personal, uh, oh, personal yeah. for me, but, um, yeah. you know, like, so one of my favorite cartoons growing up and, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't want to say I became fanatical about it, but I, I love, I love them. I love the art. I love the, the cartoons. And I was actually just watching the cartoon again, which came out in the eighties with my, with my kids. I have a ten, eight and a 10 year old yeah. um, and they love, they love it. The cartoon too. And, um, and it's called Thundercats and it's about, Oh yeah. Thundercats. You know, yeah. And, and, and I, I used to, I, I just love watching these cats these feline humanoids, you know, do all these things. And, um, and they were always, you know, fighting for good. And, um, I, but it used to always resonate. I used to get, you know, I still get goosebumps watching it and, and it's a cartoon it's for kids. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's an eighties cartoon to top it all up, but at least in the eighties, the cartoons were like, you know, they tried to impart a bit of morality and, and ethics into, you know, words they don't even bother with that anymore. But, but, um, you know, I, I ended up getting some artwork done, uh, some tattoo work done. And I, I just, I love these, this, this, the feline humanoid, um, you know, it's so beautiful to me and I'm, and I'm, and and it occurred to me not that long ago that, you know, I probably have a a very strong connection to, Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, either you were either one in a past life, or you were connected with them in some yeah. way. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I was like, good. duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even now looking at you, you have a very strong physicality. You know, uh, and I'm a Leo energy. to top yeah. it all off. Oh, oh, you're Leo. Oh, I am. Too. How cool. Yeah, I'm a oh, Leo. Oh, cool. Also. Yeah. So, uh, so you and I have that in common. <laughs> so, yeah. Another thing. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, with the Leo star sign, you know, like a lot of times when I do these Akashic records readings, I like to correlate uh, astrology and numerology, and you know, because we, we all come from a certain cosmic blueprint. There's a reason why we have a certain cosmic blueprint uh, that's in, in alignment with who we are. But a lot of time with Leos, um, when I do read, you know, Akashic readings for Leos, it, they're either connected with Sirius or they're connected mm -hmm. with Lyra, or they're connected with Arcturus. Yeah, maybe so other, all, all the above. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, and I know I've had past lives where I was in service to Lyra. I know that I had past lives when I was going through the Syrian mystery schools, and and I'm from Arcturus, and I'm, and I'm sure it's probably very similar for you. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> my guess is you're probably an Arcturian starseed, but you have like a strong... Yeah, past life connection with Lyra and Sirius, and maybe you may maybe you have had incarnations where you were one of these beings, you know. Yeah, uh, which is why you're so fascinated. I was always one of those people that was really fascinated with felines too. I'm a big cat lover. Um, mm -hmm. I love I love I love the domestic cats. I love big cats. Me too. Yeah. You know, my astrological sign is Leo, and my Chinese zodiac sign is the water tiger. You know, oh, so. Cool. So you know, I have a lot of you know cat correlations, but yeah. but it just uh, but I know about my past life in Lyra, you know, so it makes you know makes total sense to me. Right. But um, very cool. Yeah. So the reason why you have this fascination with felines, and I think a lot of people have fascination with felines because they're our genetic parents. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize they were the co-creators and they were using their own DNA to create right. humanity. Um, and so all of us have some varying levels of feline DNA. Right. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's not, it's not, not so to much. me, but, but I know but yeah, but, to I mean, some people, I'm sure to me either, but I mean, maybe to other people it might sound kind of crazy, but yeah. Um, I mean, but, how else would you look? I mean, you know, I mean, if, yeah. and if you are a quote cat person, or if you're like me and you just, you know, you could, lose yourself looking at these beautiful creatures and the way they move and how present they are, yeah. you know, and the way they look at things. And, and, you know, the only way you could look at a, at a, an animal like that and, and have that kind of stirring in your own soul mm -hmm. is if you were connected to them. And, and so, oh, absolutely. you know, it's, is it really so much of a leap in your imagination to, to, think that maybe just maybe you know there that that is a an intergalactic blueprint that was also imparted onto this this awesome human dna which is uh you know a, a oh, hodgepodge yeah. of so many star systems oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that's uh and that's a lot of what i'm all about you know that's a lot of my work you know i'm my, sure my life's work is trying to trying to sort it all out but uh but yeah, I, I, you know, my understanding of the feline beings in the Lyran system is that I think they were, they were initially uh, etheric co-creators, mm -hmm. but then they were creating physical versions of themselves on, and the Lyran systems. And, and so they were incarnating in this physicality, you know, in order to experience physicality, mm -hmm. because, you know, for an etheric being, you know, being physical might seem kind of interesting and cool, you know? Yeah. So, um, and so they were having these experiences, but what they were finding is that they were, they were ascending too quickly. You know, they, 
they couldn't mm-hmm. stay maintain themselves in physicality for very long. So then they started uh, creating hybrid hybrid versions of themselves. Right. You know? So they were incorporating, you know, more of the human genetics, more from simian, you know, maybe mm-hmm. genetics in order to create versions of themselves that could sustain longer in physicality. Right. Um, but they did have lion beings and felines, you know, beings that coexisted with hum- human beings or hmm. humanoid type beings. And these beings were fantastic fighters. I mean, they, they were very physical beings. They had strong physicality. Wow. You know, they could leap, you know, thousands of feet, you know, they could climb up trees, swim like, you know, there's no yeah. tomorrow, you know, they had this great physicality. And so they were famous for being, protectors, you know, mm. um, as a matter of fact, during the Lyra Draconian Wars, these feline beings were fierce fighters against the, the Draconian beings mm. that were killing all these, you know, Lyrans, you know, and, uh, wow. and if it wasn't for the feline beings pr- protecting these people, there probably would have been more casualties than what there was. I mean, yeah. it was already pretty horrific. Um, but I think Lissa Royale Holt, who wrote the book, the prism of Lyra says that mm. there was 50 million Lyrans wow. that lost their lives during the wars. Um, so, wow. you know, these feline beings were helping, you know, yeah. and, and they, and they rescued a lot of people. They did do that. That's um, very cool. That, yeah. that, that explains a lot about the, the archetype of, uh, you know, and, and the gene matrix that, mm-hmm. that we see. And, and, the, and it's just so fascinating to me how it, how that manifests itself on on life, you know, on Earth, and you know, I think tomorrow is is Earth Day, and yeah. I, you know, I have these conversations with my ten year old. My eight year old isn't interested yet. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for the day he he has a little bit of attention for me, but so yeah. far, no bueno. But my ten year old, he gets really, you know, he loves these conversations. But I was telling him, I was like, you know, life on a planet, you know. Yes, there, there, there is evolution there, but mm-hmm. the seeds of life are planted, mm-hmm. you know, by by beings that are very much, you know, evolved and advanced, and and working for, you know, the 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 creator, if you will, what what yeah, we understand yeah. as God, yeah. you know, and so there are some planets where you know, the, the, the bird genes have become the most evolved and, and, mm-hmm. and they call that an avian planet. And, yeah, an and avian they, planet, yeah. Their civilization has, you know, cities and I'm sure they're doing things a lot differently than we are. And yeah. he just kind of laughs because he has a good sense of how, how young we are and how screwed up we are, you know, even yeah. at 10. And, and I say, you know, that with, with the felines, with, with the cats, the same thing, you know, on this planet, humans are given are being given an opportunity to evolve their souls and and yeah, you no know, there's a lot of beings hoping against hope that we get it right that we figure yeah, it exactly. out in time yeah. to you know kind of pull ourselves out of this or you know but i said but the good news is you know we have as many chances at it in this life on this planet or the next so yeah, th- that's yeah, the exactly. good news yeah you know? I, I hope he takes comfort in that. <laughs> uh, no, I think he does. I mean, I think a yeah. lot of these young starseed kids, uh, especially, you know, third wave kids, uh, they totally get it. They totally yeah. get it. Yeah. I mean, or if they don't get it yet, they will very, very soon. Um, Certainly. Uh, you know, cause I work with, you know, I look, I work with a lot of third waivers actually. Um, 
probably not, I, probably the most prominent group I work with is second wave. I do get some first wave, you know, mm. boomer generation times, yeah. but, um, but I, I'm getting more and more third wave kids that are awakening and they're like, you know, I'm on a mission here, you know, I'm, you know I don't That's have awesome. time to waste on a stupid 3d job, you know, on this big mission. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know? there is a planet to save. So <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, 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 you know, stuff to do here, you know, important stuff, you know, right. I'm going to waste my time working for somebody else, you know, um, but getting back to what you were saying about, you know, the, uh, you know, the blueprint and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, there's a reason why, you know, we hear words like Lyra and Avalon and felines and it resonates, you know, so deeply within us uh, because, you know, there are our cosmic parents, but uh, my belief about earth is that earth was created to be a living library and it was a storehouse for genetic material from many different star systems. Right. So, uh, so we were genetically seeded by at least 22 different star races. And mm -hmm. so that's why, you know, when I do Akashic readings for people, I see the same 12 or 15 star systems. Right that pop up over and over and over again, because those were the star systems that had the most vested interest right. in seeing, you know, earth be successful. Uh, and earth has gone through, I would say <laughs> historically a lot of ups and downs. Okay. That's what, I, that, that's what I was telling him. I said, son, we've been on the planet in this, with this particular DNA for over 200,000 years. I said, now, right now humans, for the most part on this planet are aware of, and this is a, this is a stretch, maybe, yeah. maybe 50,000 years, maybe 25,000 years. But yeah, other than that, there is no record. Now, where did it go? We've been here. We know we've been here. Exactly. The bones don't lie. Yeah. I said, so do you think this is the first time that humanity has come into, you know, all this quote, understanding and civilization? And I was like, or do you think maybe we've had a few goes that <laughs> he just laughs. He's like, probably had a few goes at it. Huh? I was like, yeah, you think maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And I, 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 he sounds like a very advanced 10 year old. right? Away. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get him ready, you know? Yeah. Get him ready. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, it's uh, so, um, so we have all this genetic seeding and, and I think there was several civilizations that were developed, you know, that, you know, they were, there was kind of like an experiment, like, you know, let's see. So we have like Lemuria. I think that was the first mm -hmm. major civilization that we saw on the planet. And this was when earth was still in the fifth dimension. Earth was always meant to be a fifth dimensional reality. It was never mm -hmm. meant to stay in the third dimension. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. No, so. I had never, I had never actually heard that. Before. Yeah, it was never meant to be a third dimensional planet. It was always meant to be fifth dimensional. It was meant to be a paradise, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, so Lemuria was the first paradise civilization and it was very highly spiritual. Uh, it was so spiritual, they didn't feel like they needed technology because they could just think of something and manifest it. Sure. You know, you know it was amazing. Um and it was founded by Arcturians and Andromedans, you know, so that's why on the planet Earth, we see in the Pacific Rim and in Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, and, you know, maybe, you know, some of the Pacific Islands, you know, such an influence from Arcturus and Andromeda in those, mm -hmm. those areas. But, um, uh, but then, 
you know, Lemuria, you know, I think around this, you know, I, I, was, I would say Lemuria was created maybe tens of thousands of years ago. Okay. Um, and then towards the latter part of that period of time, uh, Atlantis was created. Okay. So yeah. they created Atlantis. So Lemuria was meant to be kind of the divine feminine civilization. And right. Atlantis there was, was still a very much, I think, a matriarch. You know, yeah, yeah matriarchal intact. system. Yeah, exactly. And Atlantis was most was supposed to be the representation of divine masculine. Okay, mm, so yeah, we see where see where it starts to go wrong right now. Go wrong, <laughs> right? Because there's always when there's whenever there's polarity, it's gonna something's gonna happen. Whenever yeah. there's light and dark, man and female, oh, there's gonna be all kinds of stuff going on. So, um, so Atlantis was actually meant to be like this beautiful civilization that had all this technology, all this massively, but it was also yeah. very, very spiritual. Uh, but then they started getting infiltrated by negative draconian beings and negative, you know, Orion factions that kind of took over the government. They and, were sneaking in, right? I mean, yeah, they, they were totally sneaking in kind of like what they do today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing we'll has figure. changed in no, thousands. Of not thousands. much. Not, not much has changed, but here on, at least here on earth. But, um, so they were trying to, you know, they were infiltrating and telling them, you know, oh, the Lemurians are your enemies. You know, they're, they're plotting against us, you know, right. was all these lies. And then they attacked Lemuria. And when Lemuria got destroyed by the Atlanteans, that's when we plunged into the third dimension. And we've been trying to get back to the fifth dimension ever since. And, and they triggered a flood. I think they triggered a flood. A flood, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, and that's that's part of the origin story. And you know, yeah, there's a absolutely a lot of these stories that we get from the Bible and maybe other accounts. A lot know, of other uh, yeah. you know, philosophical historical accounts of a flood, you know. Flood, and then in yeah. fact, when we look at the the archaeological records, we know that in fact there was a flood. It's not just a, a myth, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. there's a lot of myth so, around it. Yeah. So um so a lot of these stories are based on semblances of truth, you know. So it's mm -hmm. it's just maybe, you know, human man's perspective or or you know, of what probably happened. Right. A lot of them are allegorical. I actually believe that the Adam and Eve story is an allegory for what happened in Lyra and Vega, you know, during the yeah. draconian wars, you know. So I don't believe it was a real story. It's more like a, a an allegorical. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> Yeah, but there's no way we came from just one man and woman. You know, no, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Plus, you know, this the serpent has been given a bad name by religion. This, there's nothing, you know. I mean, the the serpent is also the the symbol for Kundalini and for for yeah, that absolutely. kind of energy. It's a, you know, it's it's been demonized by the Catholic church, I think in part for control reasons, you know, no, but, absolutely. Cause they don't want us to have the higher knowledge. No, they don't want you to understand that. It, and you that's don't need why they demonized astrology and numerology and tarot cards, you know, all these modalities that's right. that are really popular simultaneously, today. you know, yeah. I mean, they, they, everything that we understood what has been, broken down, you know, like, like midwifery that if you ever, if you want to see the kind of propaganda that has been put out, you know, I mean, just look what, what they destroyed midwifery. They just, uh, so that women would have to go to a hospital, exactly. and, uh, you yeah. know, and give birth in this sterile environment, you know, labor 
but or the hell with it, you know, yeah. cir- circumcision. And it, it's the, they stripping us away of, of what makes us human and the knowledge we've accumulated over tens of thousands of years. And what we understood, you know, there are very few cultures that have any kind of true tradition these days. We've, we've taken them out, you know, there's yeah. a few in Australia and South America. Um, and they, if you, if you learn about those cultures, they'll tell you what's up, you know, oh, and yeah, they deep understanding Native American cultures. You know? Yes. Yeah. So these are the cultures that had the most connection to their star lineage and their star origins. And they were the ones that were most uh, subjugated in earth's history. I mean, it's really hmm. the ones, you know, the ones that had the connection with the divine feminine, the ones that, you know, had the ancient knowledge. Um, there's no accident that, you know, the native Americans were almost wiped out, you know, you know, for, yeah. you know, for two centuries, you know, here on, you know, in, in the United States, you know, so, um, and definitely they were disconnected from their culture, you know, so, uh, yeah. You know, and, 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 and along with other indigenous groups, you know, that you know, throughout the planet, you know, I could, I could name, you know, a dozen others that could, are probably in the same circumstances, you know, or had, or went through the same circumstances. But, yeah. uh, but the fortunate thing is that we are starting to embrace the divine feminine, at least that's the hope anyway, yeah. you know, that we, we are going to be re embracing the divine feminine. Um, and even <laughs> astrologically that's happening. Yeah. Uh, where now we're starting to become more aware of these asteroids that are named after goddesses, you know, so it's, you know, bringing in, you know, those new feminine energies, such mm-hmm. as the asteroid called Sedna. Sedna represents, uh, Sedna was actually an Inuit goddess of the sea. Mm-hmm. And Sedna, the asteroid has a very long elliptical orbit that goes completely uh, completely around our solar system. So mm-hmm. sometimes she's like way out, you know, yeah. but now she's starting to come back in towards earth. And mm. so it's I think it's sim- symbolic of the in- reintegration of the wise woman energy um, mm-hmm. because Sedna represents grandmother energy. And what's really interesting about planet earth, um, I can speak to this being an you know older female myself mm-hmm. is that, um, older women have been subjugated and and suppressed, you know, for thousands of years. Yeah. You know, the matriarchy has been suppressed because they don't want us to have that kind of power. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then then there's just there's too much about the feminine under the the the, the, the way that the feminine operates is is it's not it does not conducive for this world that we live in and so yeah you know you see why it had to be broken down because because it's it's kind of the opposite of the problems with society today it's you oh know, absolutely it, yeah. so it's it, it, to me it's I mean, so, we just see it painfully it's so prevalent in corporate america you know look at that you know yeah, i mean yeah. that that's that that therein lies the problem who said that yeah exactly like, yeah you know, one of the many problems but yeah it's yeah um but I mean, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, if you get past a certain age as a female and, you know, at least in the Western culture, uh, you're kind of forgotten. You're kind of like in, uh, become invisible. And yeah. I, 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 me personally, I, you know, because I've experienced that personally myself, I would love to see that change where, 
you know, older women, I mean, all women, you know, don't get me wrong, all women, but particularly, you know, the older women, you know, the ones that are 40 and up, you know, yeah. finally get their day in the sun, you know, uh, you know, where we're finally, you know, appreciated, you know, for the wisdom that we bring. Forward. That's right. Yeah. And, well, it, you know, the more people like you are make allowing their voices to be heard, the, yeah. the, the, the greater movement that this kind of consciousness is going to accumulate. That's, that's oh, just, you know, the way it goes. So, you know, yeah. you're contributing to that very active. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. That's fine. And I, I and I agree. I, I think that my God, we, we, there's so much wisdom um, in, in, in that age group. And I look at the, the structures, you know, that are in place and I'm just like, you know, it's, it's mind boggling to me how we ended up with this, with this craziness, you it's know, like, it's and, kind of like this <laughs> extreme patriarchy, this toxic masculinity, you know, and, and it's, it's obviously it's, failing i mean it's it's failing it's failing big time because you know so, why, so the this, reason why you know uh why atlantis fail why lemuria fail yeah. you, know, you can't have one or the other it's got to be an integration of both it's got to be balanced you yeah. need both wings you know like uh there's a i was just listening to dr zach bush talk about a, he was visiting a, a tribe in the amazon this tribe has a forty thousand year oral tradition i can't remember the name of it right now yeah. maybe it'll come to me but um 40,000 years of tradition, they don't store their food, the jungle provides. Mm -hmm. And they sought out Westerners around around the turn of the century, but they, they, you know, these people are very in tuned with the planet. And, you know, they had a a prophecy and a vision that told them that in order for mankind, in order for humanity to make it, Mm-hmm. That the other wing had to unfurl, the the feminine wing had to unfurl because it exactly, had been yeah. it had been tied shut. And mm-hmm. so, even though this tribe, which had a patriarchy in place, yeah, they changed their dynamics. Yeah, they they put a a woman came into the she she became in charge, mm-hmm. and and so and they said that changes their history, you know, entirely. And then she sought out Westerners to share this and try to awaken people to. What needs to happen if we're going to survive? These people are not in contact at all with this mess that is going on. Oh and, God, no! Yeah. And yet they they have this intuitive understanding, mm-hmm. um, which is just fascinating to me. And they're so right. So God willing, this wing continues to unfurl, you know, and that I we, think it is. I mean, I, I yeah. think, uh, and and we're seeing it, you know, across you know the world with. I, you know, th- women are becoming more and more empowered, you know, they're sure. stepping into their, you know, I think into, into their empowerment or truth, you know, so, uh, and I, 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 and I'm not hating on the men at all. I'm not hating on no, I understand. You know, the divine masculine. I, I, I you know, it's, it's not about that. It's just about having that balance. That's right. We love the divine masculine. We need the divine. Masculine, That's right. You know, but, uh, you know, cause you guys are the protectors. You're the, you know, the, you're the warriors, you know, but um, hunter gatherers. I'm really good. Yeah, hunter, hunter, hunter gatherers. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so we need that, you know, but we also need, you know, the feminine, you know, energy, you know, absolutely. Be, and you know what it's it, both genders need both need a balance of both, you know, exactly. Yeah. That, that is where vitality lives. You know, it's yeah, not, absolutely. it's not all, it's, it's not people get confused, you know, it's like, and, and they, people look at like women, like 
you know, Kamala Harris and like, they're like, yay, femininity. I'm like, that's masculinity. That ain't femininity. No, okay. that's not feminine energy. No, you know, no. that, that don't get it twisted. That is a yeah, different, exactly. that, yeah. is, that is a total contortion. Of, uh, you know, I energy. agree with you there. Yeah, no, to- um, totally, totally in agreement with that. Absolutely. It's not that it's, you know, yeah. it's different. So it's, you know, I, I, I do have faith and I, and I believe that it, we are seeing it. Um, what, what have you learned about, what have you come to understand about human? Um, and I know we've been talking a little bit about this, but about, about the reincarnation cycle that's happening and, and um, like, what, you know, what did you used to believe and what do you believe now? Oh, okay. Okay. I can, I can speak to that. Um, well, I was raised Roman Catholics. So. Hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Roman Catholic club. Yeah. So, um, or the ex Roman Catholic. Yeah. We've, <laughs> We've grown out of it a bit, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. When I was 18, I was like, oh, I'm done with this religion. This is a crazy religion. It is. So much guilt. Yeah, a lot of, too much guilt. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Too many intermediaries. I don't know. It's just like, uh, no, I I like to have a direct connection with source, okay? But um, so I guess uh, when I was growing up, I was taught that reincarnation didn't exist, that we only had one life, you know, that, you know, you know, and we were we were sinners, you know, so, you know, we had to go through an intermediary. Not, yeah, nothing you could breathe. do about that. You were born that way. You were born that way. There's nothing you could do about it. You're just a, 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 a filthy dirty by nature. Yeah. yeah. Filthy little sinner and you need to get your act together. So maybe you might, you might have a chance to go to. Right. To maybe to just heaven. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And I always thought that was ridiculous because I, you know, because then they would, you know, they would preach, oh, God is love. God is, you know, this yeah. magnificent, benevolent being. And I was thinking, why would a b- b- benevolent being yeah. subjugate humanity it, to being, you know, a sinner? You know, it doesn't make any sense. I never understood. I was like, wait, that's not free will. That, exactly. Like, well, yeah. you have a free will to choose. I was like, no, but wait a minute. <laughs> you just told me that. I have a free will to choose, but if I choose that way, then I'm going to burn in hell. That is, that is not, how is that free will? I know. Why would anybody who loves people do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just made zero sense to me. It never really lined up for me in my head, you know? So, you know, so as a child, I didn't have much of a choice. You know, I was, you know, went to, you know, mass with my parents and, you know, went through the whole catechism thing. 12 years of Catholic school. You, know, you, you too. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Me too, actually. But I, um, I just couldn't, um, I don't know. I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. And so I actually read the Bible as a child several times trying mm-hmm. to understand like, you know, what is it I'm missing here? <laughs> and there's nothing was aligning up. So I was just like, I have to leave this religion. I can't be a yeah. part of it anymore. You know? So I, I made a conscious decision when I was, I don't know, 18 or 20 to, you know, to, to lead the Catholic church. Yeah. And then I went on, I would say maybe on varying various level, you know, times of my life, I was always interested in spirituality, you know, maybe as a whole, but, you know, maybe from a, you know, broader perspective, but, uh, but I just never found the truth out there until I had yeah. my, you know, ET contact experience, you know, that was like the real truth, you know, right. Um, and, you know, so kind of what I understand right now, because I do a lot of Akashic readings, I've done thousands of Akashic readings for people all around the world. Mm-hmm. And kind of what I see is that 
Earth humans have been stuck in this false reincarnation matrix for thousands and thousands of years where their mm -hmm. souls are just recycled. They don't get an opportunity to go through a proper life review, mm -hmm. a proper kind of assessment or debriefing of their previous life. And they don't get a chance to choose what their life next life is going to be. And this, this matrix was created by these draconian overlords that wanted to control souls on the planet. You know, mm. they just didn't want them to evolve, you know. So, so we had souls that were kind of reincarnating over and over and over again, going through all these various lives and not really learning anything. Okay. So that's, um, so they weren't really learning that much. And then, but my understanding is that this matrix has been dismantled. Um, so um, in our particular timeline that is being dismantled, maybe it wasn't 50 years ago, but I know this happened just maybe just recently, but nowadays even earth souls can be properly processed through Arcturus, which is where the souls are supposed to go. Okay. Now, I don't know why this was allowed to happen. I don't know right. why there was no control over it. Maybe it was part of our, you know, you know, greater soul lessons right. that we had to go through, but um that's fascinating. I've never, I've never heard that before. Um, uh, maybe yeah. I heard you mention it, but I didn't quite understand what you're saying. But now I understand what you're saying. And yeah, it's kind of, it's really terrible. I mean, and it kind of pisses me off as a, you know, I guess, uh, you know, as a star seed and as somebody yeah. that's here on a greater mission, it pisses me off because they're violating universal, the universal law of free right. will. You know, I mean, the question is, why were they what, how did they get away with it? You know, I guess. I, I, yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, too. I, I still haven't gotten really a whole lot of answers on why they were able to get away with it. But um, yeah, um, so a lot of people were going, you know, when souls would die, they were going to this false white light. And I actually have clients that are they've heard about this matrix and they're terrified. Then when they're die, they're going to go to this false white light. And I said, I don't think that's going to happen because yeah. it's been dismantled. Uh, um, you're going to go towards the golden light or, right. you, know, you know, the light of Arcturus, you know, which is where, so when people say, you know, oh, I was accompanied by angels, you know, um, they were probably accompanied by Arcturian beings. Right. Right. You know? But what? But but whatever makes them feel comfortable, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I yeah. Because you know, because that's their frame of reference. Sure. Or frame of of course. Yeah. You know that. Oh, yeah. They're angels. Um, but they're actually um, Arcturian beings can appear very angelic. Sure. You know, they're, yeah. They're, you know, they just have this massive love energy. But uh, um, but now we're supposed to be having souls being processed appropriately. Um, yeah. So now even pe beings, you know, or souls that are been pretty much earth souls, you know, maybe they are, you know, native to earth, you know, so they never had, you know, they don't have a star seed correlation right. can now go through proper evolution, you know, like, you know, time. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be great. Just know? in time. My God. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great to have earth souls <laughs> that maybe we'll get the opportunity to incarnate in yeah. other systems, you know, um, you know, they'll, they'll be so expanded, you know, and maybe they'll decide, Oh, I'll return to earth. And now I'm going to bring this expansive knowledge that I got from the Pleiades or Sirius. You know, it's it, it, what you're saying is it's, it's a really like the first time I'm hearing it on a conscious level, but sometimes I think, you know, and I'm looking out at what's happening and I'm talking to people and I'm like, how can they, how can they be so completely unaware, you know, yeah. and not only of what's 
what's happening right now, but also like, you know, like just no notion whatsoever of, of how incredible this, this uh, we are as a species and how oh, interconnected absolutely. we are, not only with each other, but with all life on this planet. And then just keep, you know, on out into infinity, you know, like the more tunnel vision that I see and I'm like, how can they be so cut off? Um, but, but so, you know, maybe they're just, you know, they're newer souls. Um, and that's why there's a lot of really young souls here on. Yeah. That's why that's what it is. I don't know. You know, um, and unfortunately, um, these, these souls have been, I I would say brainwashed and programmed for thousands and maybe hundreds of lifetimes, thousands of years. And so they're having a hard time awakening. I mean, that's, that's the reason. They're programmed for subservience. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this all started with the Anunnaki. That's a whole other story I can get into. It's like, Oh my God. We'll have to have a part two of this podcast, but yeah, yeah, that'll be be the part two. Yeah. We'll talk (laughs) about the Anunnaki. And the slave. I'm kind of pissed off at the Anunnaki actually. Like, you know, I don't know what their intent. It didn't sound like they had good intentions. That's for sure. Yes. I mean, I heard that, you know, that there were, they did have to, hightail it out of here you know but oh uh, they were i think they were they were thrown out yeah yeah literally yeah, yeah they were um, but they but so you know and this is what fascinates me is like you know your darkest hour can become your greatest source of light and then I, and i know that from a from a personal standpoint and and yeah. healing you know in my life and and all yeah. that it's allowed me to, to, to understand, but, you know, I, I look at like, what was allowed to happen in humanity's history. And, and I'm like, you know, there, there's always a greater plan, you know, there's no accidents. Um, And so it's just, it's fascinating to see, you know, the Anunnaki, I think we're just playing their part, you know what I mean? And so they were allowed to make this, this, Maybe you that's know. why they're, they're, the false reincarnation yeah. was tolerated because I got to believe that, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it's just hard to, to believe. <laughs> we, all, we all had to go through these massive soul lessons. So, um, so a lot of, a lot of my clients will ask me, well, why did this happen to me? Why did I have yeah. this terrible childhood? Why did this, you know? And I said, well, because you chose it. That's uh, right. It's really hard for people to, to wrap their minds around, yeah. especially when it's really traumatic, you know, I mean, it's oh like, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I understand completely where they're coming from, you know, because there was times I looked at my life, you know, I didn't have an easy childhood or, you know, I'm sure. I certainly didn't have it easy. And I look at my life and I think, why, you know, oh, my gosh, I've gone through lifetimes of trauma, you know, just in, yeah. you know, the first 40 years of my life, you know, but uh, it's, um, it's hard, you know, and the yeah, more it is, yeah. the more trauma there, the harder it is, especially when it's, you know, when it's when it's not even just the the person but when family members are involved and it, it, there's this you know it's really hard to to come to terms with but but the people who do you know can be some of the most evolved and enlightened people you'll meet the people who yeah. really yeah. get it you know o- yeah. overcome that kind of trauma yeah um, they really have a lot to offer and they end up becoming healers you know just oh, by yeah. the very well, the very majority active, of them become absolutely. you know you know, ex- exponentially gifted healers. I mean, they're yeah. just like, you know, amazing, amazing healers. Uh, and I, and a lot of them are my clients, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say the majority of the star seeds I work with on, on some level or another are healers, but mm-hmm. um, I also get a lot of whistleblowers. I get a lot of, you know, 
um, people that are, sure. you know, expand consciousness, you know, so there's, you know, varying roles within the light worker community, but, um, but we get a lot of healers because the earth needs a lot of healing. It Definitely. Yeah. You know, it yeah. does. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I, I was, um, I was hanging out with Dr. Doc, I was at Dr. Greer's, uh, weekend under the stars in Arizona yeah. about two weeks ago. And, and he was talking about, you know, how, how, and I, and I, I guess I knew this on some level, like because yeah. I learned about the the Kogi tribe in Colombia and how th- they have people who are constantly working towards, you know, and and putting their energy into healing the the yeah. damage being done to our planet. Yeah, absolutely. And that it's part of their culture that they have people who are, you know, rotated into and born into this service, and you know they're part of the reason why we're still intact. But yeah. you know, Dr. Greer was saying, um, you know, just as we have and and if you've, if you've worked with energy and you understand, you know, a little bit about coherence and about remote yeah, healing, yeah. you know, how this is, this is absolutely a, a valid and powerful healing modality. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he was saying how, you know, as soon as we, we wake up as a collective, mm-hmm. we can all really get to work and using oh. our innate ability, um, to, to move energy and to create coherence and healing and put it in towards our wonderful planet, which we've been kind of doing the opposite of so oh, yeah. obliviously. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Thank God that, you know, I mean, the sooner the better, but, you know, thank God that we have this ability because, you know, I believe, it, can you imagine if, if even a million people, you know, yeah. could would sit and and meditate and put their intention and their heart into healing. I oh, mean, I, there's, we could move mountains. We could literally, I have no doubt of what we, we are capable of if we would just come together. I wish, I wish the elementary and, you know, the, the public school system would teach kids how to they meditate all the you time. Know, teach them about chakras and, you know, energy. And can you, can you can imagine the imagine world we would live on? Yeah, how how well balanced these kids would be. I mean, if they, because I, I we certainly didn't learn that, you know, no. in our twelve years of Catholic world. school, you know, but yeah, it's like no, it would be a different world. That's yeah. I think part of the reason why they don't they don't teach them, and they and they get people to laugh at the notion, you know, which oh is yeah, oh yeah, the biggest uh, tragedy is that people hear that and they and and they think they've been conditioned. They don't realize they've been conditioned to think, but they, yeah. they think it's a joke, you know, and I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh and uh, speaking <clears throat> of, you know, these young star seed kids, you know, I have a vested interest in the younger generation because they're going to be the system builders. You know, mm-hmm. these are the kids that are coming in with their chakras wide open that, yeah. you know, they, they have remember, you know, they trying to remember, you know, um, I mean, they remember their past lives in other star systems. A yeah. lot of them do, you know, I mean, a lot of these kids are talking about, oh yeah, I was on some starship, you know, we're going yeah. to different planets, you know. And, and society tries to beat it out of them, but yeah, the, they, they, beat they, them they have it. amazing. Yeah, like, memory. oh, you're, you're crazy. Stop saying those lies, you know, and it's not, they're not lies, you know, there's just, their soul memories, you know, but, um, and then, you know, these kids are coming in with uh, amazing gifts, you know, we should be nurturing that instead of be trying to beat it out of them. You know? Absolutely. But, yeah, but uh, talk about it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so true. I think um, that's why more and more and more people are choosing to homeschool their kids. You know, that's what I, I know. I should, should, I think last year, over a million and a half people in America pulled their children out of these, pulled their children out of school. They're yeah. going to homeschool them. Now, regardless of the curriculum they choose, 
mm-hmm. that's a that's a blessing in disguise because oh the no, system, I think uh, it's yeah. I think it's going to send a message to the government that you know uh, we we got to do things differently with our education system. I mean, God willing, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't but, have but, much hope that things will change, at least not in the you know not in the current three D matrix. Right. Reality, but, I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have much hope the government is going to be responsible for any kind of change. But the more that it catches, the more that it catches on of what people are doing, and it, you know, I mean, in the end, they they want to remain in some way relevant. Yeah. So they have to. They, there has to be a give and take, you know. Yeah. And so far, you know, the the problem is their give and take is a total illusion. They're yeah. not actually giving anything. They're pretending to try to give. And, you know, when you have a, a traumatized population, what I've been learning in especially the last couple of years is they're very easily manipulated mm-hmm. and they're, and they can't remember shit. You, like they just, oh, you know, no. it's like, it's like one lie to the next and they just don't, they, they, they're like, okay, you know, they're just so kind of mesmerized um, that they yeah. don't realize that this is the same nonsense mm-hmm. that they, that they've heard year after year. Um, and that it's not, it can't go anywhere in our current system. Cause if it went somewhere, then the, then there would have nothing that, you know, people would realize soon that government, you know, is, is an obsolete notion. It is uh, actually, you know, um, we just need a, maybe a few leaders, some people, yeah, you know, like a council, like maybe just a, a council. council. With uh, short-term membership, you know, so no, no long, that's right, long-term stuff going on, you know, just like uh, yeah, people that serve for two years and then you know we get new people in. So and and they're wise. There there are people who are, are you know wise. Yeah, yeah, they're you know, maybe they're, not ninety-five, but but you know into that age where there there is wisdom and experience and it yeah. and they're in touch with people. They live among them. Yeah. There's no money corrupting that the system. I mean, it's yeah. it's to me, it's so obvious and easy, you know, of a fix. But the problem is you, getting everyone to agree that it needs to happen. And there's a lot of people who have a vested interest. Um, and to make sure it never happens. You that's know? right. And, and unfortunately, they're the most powerful yeah. influence right now. But but mm-hmm. you know, look, awareness is what's going to change that. And that's why I love these conversations. Um, you know in general they're important to have but i want i wanted to ask you one last question while i while i have you on you know you you've come into such a greater understanding of everything you know from the time you were uh in the navy and working as a health inspector and yeah um and and i just want to say first that your transformation as i have seen it and and now kind of studied it before this interview is remarkable i mean it's remarkable who you've become so thank i wanted you. to say that first you're welcome thank and, you uh, and it actually was a, a a major physical transformation i know I, and i mean and when i mean when i say transformation i mean every, in every sense of the in word every sense of the word yeah i mean Absolutely. it was uh yeah i did not look like this two years no, ago. no you didn't so yeah. it's very yeah. incredible yeah um and I also wanted to ask you, you know, if you, if you could, um, you know, we, we talked a lot about kind of the programming that happens in schools and, yeah. and, and in a society that is, you know, in a lot of ways 
pre-programmed genetically already for certain things. And then we see it happening with trauma and false flags and crises. um, But if you had the opportunity to, to lend, to write some program for this, this amazing human race, you know, and and you could put some code in, you know, and you only had a few lines to write, but but you could insert some code that would help us understand and, and, you know, live in a way that was a greater version of what we're doing now. What kind of, what code would you write? What would you, what would you do? That's a pretty big question. (laughs) It is a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. Uh, I guess uh, just coming from my own experience, uh, I think it's just preparing the human race and, you know, and for us, I guess, individually and collectively to, follow our true path to follow our true, you know, our, our truth, our empowerment, uh, to honor our very unique gifts, you know, so, um, you know, cause not everybody is going to be a patriarchal model. Not everybody's going to be a feminine model. I mean, we all have our unique, you know, cosmic right. blueprints. Um, uh, so I think if we had the ability in our society to really nurture that and, um, and, you know, allow, you know, children and adults to be who they truly are, to work in career fields and and work that they truly love, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, they have autonomy over their schedules, where they have a lot support, of, you know, you know, yeah. Yeah, free will and freedom. I think we're just going to see people creating their own 5D realities, you know, yeah. where, um, and I do notice that more and more, you know, I do see a lot of star seeds that are transitioning out of, you know, the 3D matrix jobs and they're moving into creating their own businesses yeah. or starting their own spiritual practices, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, they're not, you know, having these crazy commutes into big cities, <laughs> they're not in toxic work environments anymore. Yeah which can definitely uh, negatively impact people's health in addition to all the physical toxicity that we encounter on this planet. But um, if we're able to nurture that, um, you know, maybe take on the Pleiadian model of balance, you know, you know, uh, and the Pleiadians were masters at that, you know, harmony and balance, you know, uh, integrating the technology with the spirituality, uh, we're going to see people really blossom and thrive and uh, we're going to see people Um, Mm de-aging. People say that I've de-aged in the last two years. I mean, I don't know how much I've de-aged, but, you know, people have told me that, but, um, but we're going to see people in their, you know, sixties and seventies, you know, living, you know, yeah, uh, you know, just phenomenal lives and not uh, succumbing. To, I mean, you're seeing it already. I think yeah. a lot in a lot of places, you're seeing a lot of. You're like, what? How is he? You know, what's his secret? Oh, you should find out what his secret mm-hmm. is. Yeah, you know, you like there's something there to, to explore. Yeah. yeah, I always kind of joke that. Um, I think I stay young because I'm always in the higher dimensional realms through my Akashic readings. I'm always access. I spend 65% of my time yeah. in the Akashic records, you know, so I'm in the higher dimensional realms all the time, but um, a, a lot of it is self-care too. I mean, it's, of course. You know, yeah, you know, you know, doing the, you know, <laughs> right diet, exercise, all that stuff and meditation, right. you know, but, um, and I do a yoga practice as well, but uh um, but if, if people had the time to take properly take care of themselves, to do work that they love, to be with their family, oh, yeah. to have healthy relationships, um, uh, 
I think that we're just going to see, you know, just our society dramatically changing. And yeah. so, um, and so that's, you know, a lot of what my work is about, you know, um, it's not just, you know, oh, what did extraterrestrials do, you know, a million years ago and some crazy stuff, yeah. um, you know, of course, um, yeah. you know, but it's, it's I, about what can we learn from our, you know, celestial, I guess, um, family, yeah, you know, family that, you know, what did they go through that can impact us here today on earth, you know, um, that's and it gives us an opportunity to, yeah. You yeah, know, a greater understanding of ourselves can help you understand the path that you may be trying yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. so, so for people who want to look into getting a reading with you, what t- tell them your website so they, they can yeah, check absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they might have to wait a while, unfortunately. That's all right. Well, if you're really booked, popular. it just means you're 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 popular and you're I'm good popular, at what you're doing. Yeah, no, I'm, but I'm, I'm crazy. I'm gonna popular. include all the links to your okay, that that'll be wonderful. Um so um, that um people can just you know check it out and and we'll put some links to the some of the shows that you've been on on Gaia and um you know so people can access you if they want to learn more and hear you talk more. And this has been great, Debbie. Thank you so much for your time. I'm very grateful. We're going to have to do it again one day. We'll, you yeah. know, uh, let me give, let me give out my, my website. Oh yeah, please do. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so if people want to contact me, uh, they can access me, me, uh, with me through my website, which is debbiesolaris.com. So it's D E B B I E S O L A R I S.com. And I'm also on YouTube. You can just do a search, Debbie Solaris. You'll find me. Um, yes. I also have an Instagram and a, uh, a Facebook account. Um, so you can you know, find me there. And you'll see me in several shows on Gaia. As a matter of fact, I just recently taped Deep Space. Um, so you'll see me on the next, cool. episode, the next season of Deep Space talking about nice. terrestrial beings. So. And I'm also going to be on Gaia Sphere in September. So woohoo. Oh, cool. Speakers. Yeah. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much how people can reach me. Um, I do have to say that if you're interested in a reading, um, I, I'm trying to accommodate as many people as I can, but my schedule yeah. is limited. So um, you might just have, have to, to wait, wait it out. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah. It's, it's, that's what it's come to that, you know, but um, that's all right. Timing is always, I mean, these things happen in perfect time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, uh, I have a lot of happy customers. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, cool. I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Or you know, it's, it's worth the wait. I mean, I know the Akashic records have changed my life, you know, I mean, all this information dramatically Absolutely. changed my life. So it's, so, it's definitely worth the wait. Um, and there's and, really, the wait is if you have to wait, then you were meant to wait because, exactly. because things yeah. are going to shift for you in the meantime. That's there's yeah, no, it's going to be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be at the right timing. That's right. Sure. Yeah. It always is. That's yeah. how these things work. But yeah. But anyway, um, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. Um, you're just an amazing soul. I can see that already. And, thank you, Debbie. Um, and uh, it's been a real that. honor to work with you today. And to, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate a great that conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. It was. It was a lot of fun. And we'll do. We'll do it again someday. Um, yeah. But until then, thank you so much for everything you're right. doing. I appreciate Goodbye, it. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye, everyone. <laughs>